All right, Dead Air podcast, uh, where me and homies talk about um, hardcore shit or do the best we possibly can to um, do certain bands justice. Dev, what's up? What up? So you did a you did a cool thing uh, last week um, that blew the fuck up for a minute. Um, might still be, I don't know. Um, but it, it kind of petered off. Yeah. I mean, I probably could have kept it going, but I was like, yeah, this is fun. Like, there's no reason to like keep it going, you know, like, no, don't, you don't need to push it. Like when when, the the fun stuff is hit when, uh, things happen organically. It's that's, that's just like the best part about it. Um, exactly. Oh shit! This is perfect. So internet is currently down at the studio. We had a blackout, um, and so I'm running stuff all janky. But it's awesome. I have my fucking laptop here. Um, you got you guys had an earthquake in in uh Boise area, like. A week and a half, two weeks ago now? The house started shaking, and I was sitting on the floor, and I was just like, all right, and then my girlfriend is freaking out because she's never been in, like, an earthquake before, and was just like, oh, what do we do? I was like, let's just stand under this, like, pillar. Like, it's very sturdy to where if, like, stuff does get pretty wild, like, we should be safe right here. Like, this is a very secure section of the house. And um, it shook for a minute, and then it was over, and she was, like, definitely tripping, and, like, luckily... Nothing fell, really, like, um, I have a collectible toy room upstairs, and only a couple toys fell down and nothing broke, and, like, nothing in our living room fell, which is cool, because we have a bunch of, like, frame shit and, like, plants and stuff, but, um, yeah, I mean, we don't ever get, like, earthquakes really at all, and if we do get them, usually don't feel them, so, in that sense, that's pretty wild and, like, kind of weird, freaky, whatever, but... It wasn't scary. Like, growing up in Alaska, I've had way, like, worse earthquake that actually, like, scared me. It was interesting. Being not too far away from you, there's, like, um, not really... The only earthquake I've ever experienced in my life was the 2001 earthquake um, in the Puget Sound. I don't even know if any of the aftershocks or anything uh, came your way. It might have been just the western Washington area that that year that was a it was like spring 2001 somewhat um but it hasn't we haven't had any we haven't experienced anything since then which makes me feel like we're definitely due i know there was one in salt lake like a couple weeks before ours also that was like i guess like i don't know how it was but like it was a not make like the news here of like oh Salt Lake, you know, next state over. But, um, yeah, you know, th- things are getting wild in 2020. Yeah, I I just keep going, man. I Life is life has always been fucking weird for me, so I'm just like, I don't know. None of, none of this shit phases me too much. I mean, it'll happen. Some st- stupid fucking thing will happen to me, and then I'll be, like, shook for, like, two seconds, and then I just keep doing what I already was doing, so... That's why like a lot of a lot of the stuff too right now is like for the most part kind of out of your own control to where it's like, well, there's no sense in 
letting it like eat you up, just like kind of roll with it and like whatever happens, happens. That's all you can really do. Just like roll with the punches, as they say. So we did a so you did a thread um that I want to talk to you and we were we're gonna do an episode on um just what was your what are forgotten hardcore um bands, albums, etc. You wanna you wanna explain that a little bit? Um I always think it's interesting, especially now more than ever, how fast hardcore music moves and how there's, like, this urgency that you have to always be, like, putting stuff out and, like, remaining relevant. And I feel like there's so many records that come and go and bands that come and go that it's much easier now more than ever to get lost in the shuffle. And then I was just kind of thinking about um, just, like, some of, like, I'll see people on, like, Twitter and stuff talking about, like, bands and records that, like, at one point were, like, fucking big in, like, some of, like, the top bands in hardcore. And then it kind of just was, like, making me think about it. And um, seeing a lot of the stuff people are posting right now, like, being quarantined and stuff, like, a lot of it to me feels very either like nostalgic or um, kind of just like people wanting to talk about like shit that you normally probably wouldn't care to even talk about or like doing all like the brackets and crap or like the, the stupid push-up challenges and crap like that. <laughs> but uh, I was like, oh, like it's interesting how like just thinking about it, like I think I... Sorry, I'm getting kind of derailed. A couple of days before that, I posted a flyer to 2008 Sound Fury. And was like, I talked to a few people, messaged me about it after I posted it on Instagram. And looking at how many on there, like a lot of the bands that people responded with to it, were, I firmly believe no one cares about it anymore. And I mean, that could be for better or for worse or whatever. But um, so I was like, yo, I'm just going to start a thread where I just post pictures of hardcore records that. I don't feel like anyone talks about it anymore at large. I mean, obviously, there's always some people talking about this or that. But as a whole, like, no one talks about these records anymore. And, like, maybe for good reason, maybe not for good reason. Like, that's all, like, subject to opinions and whatnot. But I thought it'd be fun and, like, something cool to do. And I know um, it's fun to talk about hardcore records, like, past and present. And I kind of feel like there's certain records and certain bands that kind of get, like, talked to at nauseum where it's like, yeah, we get it. These are, like, cool, influential, important hardcore bands. But, like, I'd much rather talk about bands that were super important to some people but maybe not to other people or bands that were, like, very cool for, like, a certain time and era but, like, maybe it doesn't hold up anymore or just, like, shit's interesting. Like, if you would have told me even in, like, 2011, like, yo, Metalcore is going to have a huge comeback, and it's going to be crazy out of, like, and, like, Hardcore is going to, like, be all about this. I probably would have laughed and been like, yeah, right, sure. Oh, yeah, so, n- I mean, not even close. <laughs> like, um, one of my uh, good friends here, like, would always talk about, like, one of his favorite bands is, like, From Mom to Ashes. And I'm just like, I like that band a lot, but I'm just kind of, like, in my head, I'd be like, yeah, no one gives a shit about that band anymore. Like, 
and that like that's fine. But then now, like them playing like a couple of shows this year, I don't know if those are even happening now or whatever. But those sold, one of them sold out in like a day, and like um, it's just interesting, like the way music ebbs and flows. And I thought it just to go back to your question, I thought it would just be fun and like something to kill the time, and like maybe people would be into it, and maybe it would like remind them of like oh, I forgot about that band, or, like, oh, whatever happened to this band, or, like, yo, that band sucked, or this band's awesome. Well, also, you also made a playlist, and um, before we get into it, a few, like, just say that uh, we'll put, you made a Spotify playlist, we'll link that in every, like, in every little podcast or whatever, so people can listen, especially if there's, like, anybody um, relatively new that might be into what we're talking about and never have listened to these bands ever or people who might be really into these bands but had not um have a hard time fi- like uh finding stuff like this on the web and have are, are a little technologically challenged as some of these bands um came out um pre-streaming so not every band that we're going to talk about is 100% available. So we'll try to make it easier for those people who are trying to be reminiscent as well as uh, maybe discovering some cool shit for the first time. Hell yeah. So also, if there's anything you would like to add, because I'm not going to say, I'm going to say it right now, I'm not an expert on every single band we're talking about. So. Okay. So anything that I'm not going to pretend I, if there's something we talk about, I'm not going to pretend like I know about it. So if you know more than me or Devin, um, chime off, chime, chime the fuck off. Um, you can email us deadairnwcz at gmail.com or facebook.com slash deadairhardcoreradio and deadairnwcz at both, um, Instagram and Twitter. I mean, I check them all. So let's get in to we're going to do it the way that you kind of formatted it. And okay. I, li- I like it this way. Um, we're going to start with the metallic heavy mosh core um, category. And we're just going to start from the top. So first on the top of the list, we got fight like hell. I was relatively at this at this point. um of music. I, there was a lot of bands that I only briefly listened to unless it was just really, really struck me because, um, I was super into, uh, the amazing core, um, type stuff like around, around this era. So heavy stuff had to be really, really good. Um, band from Denver. Um, I liked, uh, I liked the, like kind of the bluesy guitar that was, that they kind of, that they yeah, added into it. They're fucking sick. I saw them here once and it was tight. They were, I felt like a little more interesting for like the heavy, like basketball shorts, flat build hat, like mosh stuff. Like they had a little more of like kind of a hip hop, like the way that um, the singer, his like vocal patterns and whatnot, and even like his voice was a little more like clear and enunciated and not so, so, like, scratchy or, like, strange-sounding. So, it was cool. 
Next up is the one under that category of heavy bands that actually struck me around this time that didn't get much of anything. Um, I didn't get much talk between me and my friend Robbie, who I was in a band with. Um, Steel Nation. I love. I fucking loved this band. Um, first record I checked it out. Checked out was uh, Soul Swallower, and a lot of people were into like heavier like a lot of people liked like hammer bros and shit and nobody around like tacoma and nobody in my opinion talked about steel nation whatsoever they played idaho once i missed it i had to i think i had a test on monday or something when i was in college but back when they had their old singer it was it just sounded fucking evil like it was heavy, very, very like riffy, but still super moshy, and the vocals just sounded evil and pissed. And for being super heavy, I feel like it was a lot faster than a lot of other stuff. Had a like at a cool like gallop, and um, I feel like they got talked about a little bit more when that after that singer departed the band, and they got a little like slower and heavier but this is the era that i'm oh yeah i don't i liked it way more than what the like i know they're coming out with some music um currently from what i from what i've seen and i to be honest i'm i can't say that i listened to much of the uh later stuff but yeah it's not like it's not bad it's just like a little too crowbar for me i guess yeah that soul swallower record was just fantastic um good gym music also it's just like even like like uh if you've watched that like um the pa hardcore um the the doc like it's crazy how even some of their biggest bands how much they undersell some bands that i felt like got way bigger like out here than i'd have to i'd have to think about it but like it's like Steel Nation is definitely on the point, but like there were some bands that they that I felt like they undersold a lot. But I get I get it. Like being in a in a town, being like not knowing what your fucking reach really is. Cast aside, fucking loved this band. They were sick. Straight Edge, I think Richmond, right? Yeah, yeah, Richmond. Um, yeah, I always I always remember it when I when uh. I see uh, Matt um, with a fucking with the fucking cast aside shirt. I think the first time I met Matt, or I mean, you don't meet someone more than once, but whenever I met him, <laughs> he, had, he had a cast aside shirt on, and I was like, "That's tight. That band's really cool." It army cap mosh in the best way. Oh, fully like, um, they played here once. It was before I lived here, but um, kids, I the kids I hung out with when I first moved here were like. A lot of like straight edge basketball shorts type people, and they fucking love to cast aside. And uh, I would say it's ob- like I don't know if you'd agree with me. I definitely would say this is in the vein of until the end. But I would say it's on par with that. Just with like I like almost like cast aside just as much as I lo- I like until the end, and I love until the end. Definitely in the same vein. I would say cast aside might have a little more of like a cool factor to it than until the end, but um, definitely in the same vein. Next up, 
Love is Red. Definitely, when I started coming around um, Tacoma, there were a lot of, um, like, there was the Mioli, like, open fire type stuff. And, like, this is, like, the stuff that people told me to check out if I liked what I was listening to. And I heard I heard this. I felt like it really did um, help influence a later 2000s wave of, like, of uh, melodic um, hardcore versus metalcore that yeah. um, later I would say more um, that were was more polished that like Ghost Inside and um, I know Tacoma P- um, Seattle band To The Wind was always this was their favorite band fucking ever this and The Carrier um, when I used to talk to those dudes um, and I would just say it was probably a little too rough around the edges for like for that later wave um, to really catch on at first. And still, I would say a little maybe a, it was a little too uh, metalcore for some of the hardcore kids. I like a couple of songs on the record. That one I revisited whenever um, they got announced on Furnace Fest. And that one for me definitely doesn't hold up as much as I used to like it, but you can definitely hear like to me the ghost inside sounds just like Love Is Red just tuned differently. I think I had it had the opposite effect on me because I might have like been one of those people who let, who's still like living in like Puyallup Graham. There was like a weird hodgepodge of people, um, like you'd hang out with like Tacoma people at Viaduct, but you'd also like hang out with like club at club impact people, which is like a different crowd. It was like a lot of post hardcore and a little bit of like hot topic people. So those, those crowds sometimes mixed to where like, um, that was like melodic, like ghost inside was like a medium between the, yeah. between those two crowds. Um, so I still, I, I wavered between the two a lot. And I think now uh, Love is Red definitely, I would say in my, in my opinion, uh, it grew on me a little bit more than it did before. Um, next, Folsom. Never, this band never grabbed me. Fuck Just t- typical 2000s mosh to me. Las Vegas hardcore. They're just very of an era, especially like lyrically. And I think if I hadn't heard it back then, I'd have like, yeah, this definitely is not for me in the slightest. But very nostalgic, very fun. It was, they have this song, Pissing Up a Rope. It's fuck, the song's insane. I definitely like this band a lot. And like when I was like kind of transitioning from like more like metalcore type stuff to like faster hardcore, this was like a good kind of segue band, at least for me, because I had a shit ton of mosh parts. But it was still like fast and like kind of punk sounding. Mother of Mercy. Interesting era of when they came of when they came out. Good metallic. I I would say a lot of the metallic parts would uh, would fit with some bands that are out now, but also it had some same also with the vocal inflections, but there were there was a little twang of like some southern stuff going on in there that I think would not that that's the little thing that kind of sets them apart, I feel like of an era. Yeah, I remember when I first heard them cuz I mean they got heavier I feel like as they went on, but um, I remember when they first came out, they had like that 
I think it was like a EP seven inch demo or whatever. Um, thinking it was really cool and for the time difference that was so when like a lot of the whole like um, we'll say amazing core stuff was still popping off a lot. So I feel like they were definitely doing something a little different. And then I almost feel like because they were like touring a lot around like two thousand like eight nine ten. And I feel like if they'd have even come out, like, a year or two later, it would have popped way more. Yeah, I would say if they did, yeah, like, a year later with with the same amount of, like, kind of touring for those next few they years. They so much. They did. They played here. They played here once with Foundation and Stick Together. Yeah, their tour, when I first saw them, was Comeback Kid and Dead Swans. That tour, I remember that tour. I, I debated traveling for that one. That was a cool. And I wish I in retrospect. Wasn't Gravemaker on it too? Oh yeah. Wait, did we not did we did we add Gravemaker to this list? If not, then then this is gonna they're be They're on here. They're on here somewhere. I don't know. They I might have put them under um maybe they're under the regional one. If not, I don't care. Yeah. I we're gonna do a second one because I've already thought of a of a few others that I wanna that I wanna go into because there was ones that I didn't take the time to even add because you had so much already um so moving on this this band i felt like it took me a second to like even want to check this band out when i first saw people with the shirts because like it seemed like people thought that already at this point when i was coming into hardcore people thought that this was a little corny because um so cdc i got into these guys when like when i was way younger so I think that like at the time the um the aesthetic and like kind of the silliness of the whole thing was super especially at my age was super appealing and I thought it was funny. And this is like more like a pure nostalgia thing. Like it was definitely like offensive and like goofy and like I mean the music is very like moshy. Yeah, it's Generic. You got the. You got the. Like I already knew what I was kind of felt like I was getting into with like the font and the olive crest for the. Yeah. For the for the records and then. Old um... school hard. <laughs> but like, like, it's done. Like this is definitely in the, to me the era of like downloading music off of a MySpace player, and um. Wearing a size small shirt and then baggy as hell basketball shorts and just like trying to like mosh into the crowd as much as Bob. I don't know. Sonically, these bands are always fucking catchy to me though. Like bands like this, um, you know, hoods, furious styles, stuff like this was like sonically still felt like listening to it. It wasn't the lyrically. It, it was pretty like sketchy, but like, but like listening to it, it was all, I felt still like corny, but put together. And I felt like I, I, I was kidding myself if I, if I was saying I didn't enjoy, like, you know, it didn't get stuck in my head at times. A lot of this kind of style of hardcore and especially in the era, like very fun live, very fun to listen to, but I'm not like, I'm not saying like, oh, these aren't, serious lyrics to whoever was in the band and like writing them but I viewed a lot of it as just like it's fun like watching like 
an action movie, kind of, you know, like, I love all the Lethal Weapon movies, but I also don't give a shit about cops, but these are movies where cops are the heroes, and it's still, like, fun and enjoyable, but, like, a lot of this music, like, especially, like, some of the lyrics where I'm just, like, CDC is a good example where it's just, like, yeah, this is fun, like, I'm not really thinking too much about this, and I'm not trying to, like, connect with these songs lyrically, I'm just, like, trying to have fun and mosh. Since the flood. Fucking sick. Boston. Another another Boston. one I would say a little more definitely more like serious. Um I like oh, the were, first they, I like, first record I liked way more. First record's way better. The second one's cool. First one fucking smokes the Dude. second one and like Oh, it's it's so good. And like on that weird imprint of Metal Blade, I think the singer of Unearth ran it i forget the name of it but um he put out much a lot more like you know air quotes straightforward hardcore for metal blade but um they were cool they uh they had a couple different singers i think they played here a couple times it was cool um popped off yeah that like i said first record so fucking good like um, like had way more of like a metal influence and I thought something about that just like it it struck me more and like uh like I said the second the second one the no compromise kind of like felt I don't know just straightforward like mosh like it, it got a little like more the first wa- watered down. recording the first recording the first record recording almost was a little bad and that was charming to me because it just sounded heavy exactly pale horse next one's pale horse big sounding metallic band insane fucking mosh parts um sounds like integrity yeah no i I was gonna say that dwid style vocals with like um that i felt like should have been as big as some of their counterparts like 100 demons but they're on like bridge nine they i haven't i didn't hear anyone talk about this band for so long and like Weirdly, like I've seen them pop up on my feed a lot more lately. Yeah, no, I uh, I don't know why. And it was like literally with it, like I would I don't want to think. Oh, this thread. Then I saw a lot of people because it was a little bit before that. But I'm gonna count in the grand scheme of when they like stopped being like. I don't think they were actually. I think they're technically still a band, but um, yeah. I mean, no one talked about them for a long time. At least not that I see. Till like all of a sudden, but. They were cool. I'd say the first time I heard about them mentioned again was about three years ago. Before that was a very fucking long time. Living hell. Man. That's even, even more like integrity than Pale Horse was. Oh, yeah. No, way more. <laughs> like Especially in the vocals and just almost like the, the integrity with like a little more ringworm. Yeah, no, there's definitely like a. There, I would, I would say more ringworm. There's definitely like more of a furnacey sound than, uh, like I, Especially, I, yeah. Like I said, like I would say with like Pale Horse, like it's it's Dwid, but like more some something a little more hardcore, if that makes sense. Pale Horse is like baggy hoodie with a new era hat, whereas Living Hell is like sleeveless metal shirt. And like long hair. Yeah. No, this band, I felt like that. I haven't listened to this in years. It's 
I I don't know what to I like it grew it, it aged very well. Yeah, I I listened to that first EP like a few months ago, and I was like, damn, this is like still super fucking good. And like, um, I didn't really get into the record after that that much, but the first release they d- they did was very cool. God damn it, Devin. X A F B X. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> didn't care back then. Don't care now. Um, they had that one song. They have one song that is like, it's very sick for what it is. Like, Are you talking it about has like the weird like jumping ships. <laughs> is that the one that has like the like kind of Spartan sounding like, and then they go into like the breakdown. Uh, I think that's good. There was one they had a mu- they had a music video for, and you can't I can't find it anywhere. I think that's it. Where it's like, oh, bum, bum. oh yeah, that's jumping ships. That's the yeah. you will never know Reno Straight Edge. Yeah, that song is very cool. From a like, you know, it's mosh on your friends, but at the same time, this man sucked. I was not into it. Like, um. Reno Street Edge was definitely a thing. Um, hockey, but hockey mask crew. I've seen it in person several times. Same. It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, yeah, just, you know, I think this is a good example of a band that, like, the internet definitely worked in their favor. Oh, 100%. Like, I think it was, it was just enough ridiculous to where, and also enough, like, metalcore for MySpace to pick it up and other people like get into it. Like I, I found this band through somebody who does not like anything close to hardcore. Yeah. It was definitely like the type of kids that were like more or less metalcore kids that like, there was like that weird divide of like hardcore shows and like metalcore shows and like gauged ears, flat built hats, shaved head. This band uh, became like it's just like the fun. I don't know, like I know some older people who who listen to this m- might be like annoyed at this, but this just chalked down to a fun. Like Jumping Ships was just a fun, stupid song to put on on a playlist and just listen in the car and sing along so- to something just to be stupid. It's one of those bands that would be on like the top twenty breakdowns, like YouTube <laughs> playlist crap. Um, fuck! I love those. <laughs> the next band on the list will fit into that, except this band's actually really scary to me. I never, I never saw this band. Excellent. I never saw them, but the videos, fucking wild, and just like the promo pics, I'm like, yeah, this band's definitely scary. I didn't. It didn't do like much for me. Like I never liked, sonically. I never them at all um obviously like there's a whole there's a whole thing like with like just like as far as like having someone as uh tattooed as that person um as the vocalist like i hadn't seen like too many people that like there was like in in my like wheelhouse there it was more people like having big ass gauges than just being that tatted there's like there'd be like maybe one like 
at a show, I would see maybe one out of 30 people like for me. Um, but like the last time I remember the, the, like the first time they came back on my radar was when like, um, they had, was the picture of him with the, his dude that was, I think they said it was his husband and it like, they had like a fake, it was all over Twitter, a fake, like that fake news line. I married my mugger. (laughs) I know. I remember that. I was just like that. That's about as far as with that band as I, as I went, um, fucking violation this they're a band that I feel like ebbs and flows with like people talking about them kind of like I think in the grand scheme of things considering how good they were and how many people at different points I saw talking about them I feel like they're a band that should always be talked about but like I feel like it kind of like they get lost and they come back again. Like people talk about them again, but yeah, I, yeah, definitely. Definitely. We're in my opinion, way ahead of like that style of like metallic hardcore, like way fuck ahead of way ahead of everyone. And some of my favorite like vocals for that style. New York hardcore versus Slayer riffs. That's what, that's what it came down to for me. I liked it. Miles, miles between, the miles between, um, didn't do much for me. Um, re-listening to it, uh, kind of, kind of gave me an idea of like vocally and kind of some of the some of the metalcore parts felt like it was a rougher version of what like a modern band like Counterparts sounds like now, at uh, yeah. in some parts, and that was that was pretty much. It sounded like a possible like counterparts demo to me. Yeah, they were on. I think they're on Seventh Dagger. Like, um, I like a couple songs off their first EP. I didn't like the record after that at all. But um, looking back on it, like, it's fine. Like, if a band came out and now that sound like this, I would I wouldn't give a shit about it. But um, at the time, I thought it was cool and like. A lot of breakdowns, a lot of like kind of weird, not just chugga chugga breakdowns, you know, very like counterparts type like um, weird triplets and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think I definitely don't think anyone gave a shit about this band outside of like um, probably like Seventh Dagger Straight Edge Kids. It also had to just like come down to like to artwork, like when I would see like. Tattoo flash like list like last FM you that was like a lot that helped me like find so much back in the day back in the day and like so I would see something and I'd be like man that just seems like corny like the traditional tattoo type of like old school school hardcore I know but some of it was just like it didn't sound old school hardcore just they they had that aesthetic yeah and it didn't it didn't do anything for me. Um, murder practice. This was I had no fucking clue who this was before. They they were on West Coast Worldwide. They played here once. They had two vocalists. Honestly, one of the, like the bands from the era, especially for that scene, that I think was way better. 
than their counterparts, and was definitely, it was kind of weird, like, the vocalists actually each sound different, which is cool. Like, one dude had, like, more, like, high, higher-pitched, like, melody vocals, and the other dude was, sounded much, like, harder. But, um, they were sick. Uh, I don't think any, I think they were very regional. I don't even know if they, like, did anything outside of the West Coast. Um, I think they were fairly short-lived. There was a weird point where I had a bunch of internet friends from Northern California, and so I gravitated towards a lot of the, like, the NorCal, like, Moshcore stuff, and this was one of those bands. Like, I think they, they're on West Coast, so it was, like, hoods and shit like that. But, um, yeah, I don't think, I don't see any reason why anyone would give a shit about this band in 2020. But I, I liked them at the time, like, I revisit. I didn't even know they were on Spotify. I listened to it like probably like six months ago, and I was like, "Oh, this is cool." Like, I won't listen to this again. I'll throw a couple songs on a playlist that like I remember liking off this album, and like leave it at that. Praise God for Bloody Sunday. Fucking what? <laughs> this man, like, just go watch the fucking Face Down DVD with like the like. Oh, it's so good. I no, I like. I love this band. Um. Dry- <laughs> not too long ago I think with like the original singer um, they were one of the bands I found through um, <laughs> the the dri- uh, the drive-by hardcore dancing videos did you ever watch that I posted it on the dead air group like probably like a month I mean, ago I've seen them. I'm, I'm not going to say that I've never moshed in a public place when I was like 18 and thought it was funny but um no, they were. They had, especially the. I like both records, but the first one is like wild. Just to, like for it being like on face on one of the more you know traditional hardcore records, like the mosh parts on it are fucking bananas. Like it's heavy. Like, like the mo- the fucking mosh call about about the knife in in my back. Uh, is for that that whole oh. that whole like that I loved it was so like corny but I I fucking loved it and I loved that breakdown. Uh, I remember this. There is this super super Christian hardcore dude back in Alaska, and he would always when I worked at Hot Topic he'd always come in and buy CDs and he was like very very like. I mean, he liked all like he liked all kinds of hardcore, but like he loved Christian, like hardcore and Christian, like super like deep cut like third tier Christian metalcore and stuff. And I remember one day just like being like, "Yo, do you have this Bloody Sunday CD?" And he's like, "Yeah." I'm like, can you burn me a copy of it, please? And so he came in the next day and like gave me a copy and like I'd only heard the stuff off I think the Face Down DVD, but I was just like, "Damn, this is fucking tight." Man, there's so many bands that were I loved that like escaped me. You like you have to throw the names at me. I'm like, oh fuck, like because that was that was my particular bread and butter. Like this this right here, like this was the this was the this was the shit. It was I was still there, going to church and I loved anything under this uh, banner. I feel like they're one of the few 
you know, Christian bands that I feel like non-Christian kids, like, kind of give it a pass, like, yeah, this is cool. Like, I know um, there were some, it's either a video or a thread or something that I saw with, like, Dudes in Force Order and I think Turnstile were, like, talking about this band. That's like, pretty fucking cool. For that one breakdown. Because <laughs> I know they were, they were from Virginia Beach and they definitely didn't play, like, Christian shows, like, exclusively to where I think they were, like, cool with, like, outside scenes and stuff. Well, dude, uh, like growing up, every time I'd mention one of these bands, they'd be like, yeah, they, uh, this band played with, uh, Black My Heart and it was really fucking weird. So every time I'd mention like a band that I like, it would be like, yeah, it was, it was, I, I want to say on the face on DVD also that some of the dudes were wearing like non-Christian, like I think the singer had a go to lunch shirt on and I was like, that's tight, but I want, they definitely weren't one of those like face sound Christian bands that like only fucked with other Christian bands. I felt like that was kind of like my, uh, that was the like vibe I was always sending out when I was playing like Christian music back in the day in due time. Another Christian mosh band that, uh, I, I didn't know barely anyone even growing up that liked this band. Dude. This kid, this kid I was in a band with was from Mississippi and he showed me them. And, if you're if you're into shit like a cape read and stuff, like this would be like in your lane. Like it was, it's cool. I uh, I have some of their songs on a um a gym playlist that I listen to, but I think if I heard this band for the first time nowadays, I'd be like, yo, this sucks. It didn't really. Nobody in my in my lane, which my my people that listen to this never talked about this at all so it kind of came as a like one that was just like you you had it in your you had it in your uh in your playlist but i just never fucking i hardly listened to it it's um, kind of that's yeah, not that it's sloppy but it's super simple like very very simple like mosh like chugga chugga like this yeah. is another one where i thought like the first record was better than the than the second First record's definitely better. I I got into the second one first, but like, upon like, once like, I got like Soul Seek and shit. I got their first record. And I was like, yeah, this is definitely better and a little faster and a little more like diverse for the style. But then the second record was like, yeah, we're just gonna beat your ass the whole time. Next one, I don't even fucking understand why anyone would forget this band. It, I would almost in my book call this god tier fucking pulling teeth incredible uh, when they were when they were like an active band like they were one of my favorite they were like one of my favorite like current bands at the time like live shows were crazy actually like had shit to say and like um and I feel like when they would like hit a mosh part like it was like a kick to the balls like it was this band rules in at least for me, I kind of feel like um, they were like they were super popular. Like I, people still like them, but I know the last record they put out was super super metally, and I remember a lot of my friends weren't super into it that were into them before. And like I personally didn't like the last record at all. Like I haven't gone back to listen to it since then. Like maybe it would like stick with me now, but I kind of feel like they were one of those bands that like putting out their last record and not having it not hit as much. Which 
And then they did that This Is Hardcore set, which looked awesome, but for as many people were talking about it on the internet after it got announced that they were playing and watching the videos, it definitely didn't seem like as many people were into it as I thought they were. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I, that, but going back to that, the 2011 record, like, there are some, I, I honestly, I honestly like it. That fucking, um, From Birth has probably one of my favorite, like, justice parts. Like, that, that, ju- that, um, fucking, uh, guest vocal from justice is probably one of my favorite parts I've ever heard from him in any song. As I'm saying, like I, I honestly probably should go back and listen to it. Like my roommate who didn't like any of their old shit thought this record was like, I mean, roommate at the time, like thought this record was awesome. And, um, he was super into like a lot of like post metal type stuff. He's like, Oh, this is sick, man. This riff, blah, blah. But, um, I'm going to revisit it, but man, fucking, band's cool i don't know like any of all of my younger friends i've like i've got a few of them into it but i remember when i brought it up i was like are you guys ever like fucked with pulling teeth and they're like who's that <laughs> so um yeah i don't think it's like a weird outlier i think that's probably like fairly common i would say funerary is not my favorite one but there are like i said that song with justice um from birth is like one of the hardest songs in my opinion and but the the album with Stone Throwers that yep. Stone Throwers might be one of my favorite hardcore metal anything songs of all time. Like I that it Martyr Immortal that fucking Dude, just record. Hits. Where he's like, what are you so afraid of? Dude, that's one of the best like transition into like whoop everyone's ass part. Like I remember when I saw them after that record came out and that part hit. I felt invincible for a second. It was great. Like I had, we had a, like, like a local, like metal friend, um, in the, in the neighborhood show us some stuff every once in a while. And he would, he like kind of talked shit on hardcore sometimes, but when there's something that like kind of pulled from hardcore, he would like show us something and then he would show it. Um, he showed me this. He was like, I don't mosh, but if I, if I did, it would be to this right here. It's so fucking good. What was I? I got off the list for a minute. Okay, so what's next? Oh, fucking creatures! I didn't. I didn't give this band enough uh listen that they deserved. To be honest, I heard them first time with the the downpressor split, mm-hmm. and that was okay. But the i i Lucifer record, I listened to like years later because I was like I didn't. It just didn't strike me because I felt like the downpressor side, in my opinion, was stronger um, for that for the, at least for that split. And but I Lucifer is a fucking perfect goddamn evil crossover record. Rift City, baby. Um, I remember I saw them in '08, and they were at that at that time they were much more I think punk. Yeah, I remember. And then they had I, I want to say on their one of their, I don't know if it's a demo or a seven inch they put out after, but I think there's a DYS cover on it, and um, they were just definitely more punk. I mean, it still sounded like them, but it was definitely more punk. But them, like, they got signed to Eulogy when Eulogy was so like kind of credible, and um, just sounded way fucking evil, like you're saying. Like, it's great. Like, I would say out of so far out of all these rec- 
like bands, like records or whatever, this release specifically holds up way more than a lot of the other stuff. Final one on this list, um, Blood Stands Still. Another band didn't do too much for me, kind of just stayed in that that lane of kind of gener- basketball shorts. Yeah, basketball shorts, um, Perseverance era, um, Hatebreed style kind of, but with more, more of a beat down edge. Um, this band kind of started to appeal to a few more like people like around like they came out they came back around in like 2012 2013 and were playing like the tough love fests and stuff and picked up a couple people like regionally that way but not but didn't besides that didn't do much yeah they uh they had i mean they they definitely had a lot of lineup changes i remember i like one of their records a lot cuz it was when i worked at hot topic it was on our like internet radio player thing we had you know i remember at the time it was one of the few like hardcore records that was on there weirdly and um so i listened to a lot like that and i think they got signed to um like media scare or one of those labels yeah. um that shit there was like one song on one of the records that that was cool but none of the stuff like does anything for me anymore like it's just kind of like it's fine i guess like if that's your thing like Nothing that I'm actively like seeking out to listen to in 2020. What do we got next? So we have a bracket of regional stuff in stride. They were going to do a show this Cancel. summer. Not uh, not happening for the foreseeable future. They were great, fast, sick, hardcore. Like, Vancouver stuff, a um, little bit right at the tail end of... They, they tailed off as I was um, entering... Yeah, I saw them once. It was really cool. Um, I moshed. They had a song. They had a song with the dude from Shook Ones, which I forget the name of the song, but God, God to your hardcore track to me. Sheer Khan. Um, I think I first, I first like discovered this through the through the fucking video that they their their music like, video. Pure video. I'm it's. Look, I'm looking that up right now. I actually still listen to this record a lot. Like I like it, but it's definitely of an era. Oh, a hundred percent. Like you showed this to a young kid. I'd be like, if I was a young kid, I'd be like, yeah, who cares? Like the fucking Ninja Turtle sound clips they have the one breakdown where it's like nothing but hate for the human race or whatever. Very, very like, cause I had John Blake who sang in on broken wings, just his vocals in this. It's just like very like monotone, like not bad, but they're like also like not that cool either. You know, I'm I'm just I'm watching this while music, we're talking. The mo- the moshing in that music video is pretty cool. It's like with, like guitar player moshing into people while they're playing. It's exactly like of the era of what I remember, like when I first saw a hardcore music video. It's pixelated too, so you know it's old. Oh yeah, the the you can see the pixelation. It it is fun. It's fun to listen back to. There's like, train tracks, I think, in it. The Boston baseball cap. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it just like there's not much really to the video except in instead of walking down a down a suburban street. Oh, no, they're walking down a suburban street at at some point. Um and they gave they gave some people some side hugs. Oh, there's some stairs. Um I I'm all like reaching this. Yeah, there's nothing about this that's not like 
exactly by the book um mid 2000s hardcore music video vanguard fucking vanguard still looking up i loved this band i even when i still didn't go into a uh there was a time where i still like i liked stuff more metal and a little bit more um melodic this band did something for me weren't they like weirdly i never saw this band actually no i saw them once i saw them when they did the reunion um but i remember when i went to the last champion show at one of the other like shows happening that weekend someone gave me their demo in a sandwich bag and was like oh this band's gonna be sick like do you want this i was like yeah sure but um from what i gather weren't they kind of like at least from, like, videos and shit I used to watch of them, weren't they kind of a band that, like, bridged, like, metalcore kids and, like, the, like, more, like, straightforward, like, fast, like, youth crew kids? Yeah, and I think it's just because, like, bands in the Northwest would do that. Like, they would play those shows, and they also had, like, a clear enough message with, like, really clear and concise, like, vocals that it's easy, it's easy to sing along to, like... They 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 had a formula that appealed to other people who liked different styles of like underground and heavy music. They um, there was one of my friends I was I used to be in band with here back in the day. He moved to he ended up moving to Seattle, but that band for him like holy shit like I'm sure there's a bunch of video, like videos in the back of the day of like him like losing his mind while they were playing like and he. I think that was one of the first bands that, like, for, like, that style that he, like, really got into. And it was, like, because he was much more, like, into, like, tech metal and shit. But something, like, just, like, something for that band. He was, like, this is really good. Um, Like, one of the, if you do, if you look up, this is just for anyone listening. If you look up uh, Vanguard Still Looking Up, um, you'll you'll see a pretty bad, like, it's not very good quality video. But it's still, like... It's it's really cool to see like the styles that are all kind of been gathered and accrued in this space of just like there's there's dudes with like sideways caps and popped collars and so many basketball shorts in that video. Um a lot of people went uh were going to pack sun at that yeah. point and I was like I can't I can't say anything because that was that was a hundred percent me. I It's all about the fix in your hat right before you're gonna mosh. Like Oh dude, that part of the video was great. <laughs> me and Charlie me and Charlie were watching that the other day because like he used to like them and I was like, Do you remember this video? And he was just like Wow, alright. <laughs> like this is definitely of an era. Um yeah, they were when they did that reunion at Rainfest, like that was really fun. That whole that that whole lineup for that show was so pressure. Didn't really get into this band. Um, Colin Young on the drums didn't didn't care too much. Oh, they were sick. They were fast. They were pissed. It was dirty. They had that to at least to me. They sounded like that kind of like mid to late two thousands like Bay Area hardcore sound, like a little grimier and like not crusty, but just like dirty, like hardcore punk, but like. A little more aggressive and a little less like street punky or whatever, but um, I like this band a lot. I, I need to um, put them back on my. I haven't listened to them in fuck forever, but I have them on my external hard drive. 
I need to put that back on and revisit this. Another, I would, I count this band as fucking ripping um, Snake Eyes. This band is fucking, um, hadn't listened to it in a very long time. Todd Jones on guitar. Yes. Uh, The singer, I think, is, he was in Donnybrook originally when they had two songs. And then he owns that DOS bootleg clothing company, which I'm a big fan of. Um, it's cool. I mean, I definitely think that, like, It's Faster isn't, like, a ton of mosh, which is why I think, like, in a lot of regards, like, it kind of is, like, every now and then I'll see people talk about it, but it's definitely people around my age talking about it. It's never, like, any of my younger friends. No, it's fast. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. In the face of war. No clue. Chris... Chris and a couple of other people were big up in this. On um, um, I actually listened. I actually um, have listened to this before. Uh, they do a, first first time was a um, they do an Everlong cover. Um, not horrible. Um, the vocals are very amateurish, but and a little screamo um, influenced. But it was rough or rough, rough enough around the edges to where I'm like. I could kind of get behind it. Um, another like almost amazing core with uh, with mosh parts is is all right. It was it was it, like everything about it felt like it was accidentally put together, and not that they didn't feel like they knew what they were doing. But I still didn't mind this band. Um, all teeth, fucking loved it. Love it. Should have, been, should have been everyone's favorite band. I feel like like didn't understand why this band didn't toured so fucking much. I <laughs> a lot. They played Boise at least like five or six times, and like they didn't just play the or the West Coast. They went all over the fucking place. They um like David from Culture Abuse sang. Mike from Spiritual Cramp played guitar. Drummer sings in that band Fearing. Um. Their bass player was in Creative Adult. He's in Spiritual Cramp. I think his name's Mike also. Um, they were sick. Like They started out with, like, I remember it being more like punk, like, like Bay Area hardcore. And then their last record, um, I felt like they were on the cusp of, like, about to, like, break through, you know? And then they just broke up. I felt like I loved that last record because it just like had it was really fast, but still had like super like heavy guitars. Like, it was fucking that last record is incredible. I think it holds up really well. I still listen to it all the time. Um, a shit ton of cool guest spots. Like, got the guy from Defeater, the guy from Sabretooth Zombie, like Ross from Ceremony. It's just it. They were really good. I think that. I'm kind of surprised more people don't talk about them for how big culture abuse is. But, I mean, maybe people don't dig into people's prior bands. I'm not sure. I feel like for that, because, like, like, culture abuse has, like, kind of almost, like, reached somewhat into the Pitchfork world, too, to where some of those fans don't fucking, don't even close to know. In Control didn't do much for me. I think it's really good, but I didn't honestly, like... I saw people wear their merch, but I actually never listened to them until probably, like, a couple years ago. They just weren't a band that my circle of friends, when they were active, was talking about at all. 
where I think it just kind of missed me. I think it was like when I talked to people from California, they're just like, yo, this band was incredible. Yeah, a lot of people, I don't have a, and I can't speak too much because I'm not the most social person in the world, but I didn't have a lot of friends who gave a lot of like Nardcore a lot of time, a lot of like listens. Next one, I have no fucking clue. Anton Ruff? Yeah, I don't know anything about it. Ooh, they, it was sick. Um, I think they're, I mean, I, I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think it definitely was like a joke band. Um, they had, um, I know there's like a couple really fun videos on YouTube. They had like a demo. They play a little bit. Um, members of TUI played in it. Anton sings on the Stay Cold 7-inch on that song. Uh, the part where he sings on the guest part on Streetlights is Anton. Oh, shit. Okay. It was just like, to me, this is like the quintessential perfect, like, joke hardcore band where, like, I mean, in in 2020, lyrically, they would be canceled. (laughs) Like, they use words and say things that at the time were, you know, quote-unquote socially acceptable that you could not say now. And um, there's some hard Fs on there. There's some other jokes but even back then, like, I didn't think that they were serious. And I was just like, okay, this is, like, silly, like, goofy or whatever. But that demo is sick. Like, it's just batshit crazy, insane, stupid, like, awesome. Like, I don't know. Like, it's definitely, like, if you show this to a young kid now, to me, like, you know how people are about, like, Tsunami now? I feel yeah. like, I mean, obviously, like, they're way more popular, I think, than Anton Ruff ever was. But in that, kind of in that same, like, vein of humor kind of and like over the top mosh and like I had one of their long sleeves and it had like on one of the songs he talks about like his phone number and it had the phone number down the sleeve and um and it was just like very of an era and like doing shit that you couldn't get away with now it's interesting I will I will listen and report back that never even landed on my fucking that never landed on my radar whatsoever I honestly feel like you'll really like it at least from like a musical standpoint, like lyrics to make this is dumb, whatever, but has like the perfect type of mosh parts for like going off. Here, um, here's probably this one is probably the most recent one on the list yep. that has already been fucking forgotten. Um, previously spirit animal, uh, Holy land. Incredible. They played Rainfest. That was probably one of my favorite sets of that weekend. Oh yeah. I forgot. I there's almost forgot I've seen that band live and they there's were so video, good. <laughs> there's a video on YouTube of that set on done on a very piss poor cell phone, I think. I uh, literally forgot that I I forgot that I saw this band live. They but they were so like They had justice on one of their songs. That's one of my favorite justice parts. He, I think it's on their first like record or whatever EP they did. Um The one with all the sand and shit. Yeah. The name change I think hurt them. Um, probably better off that they did though. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, they, they toured for they did. I think them not touring very much, like at least like, um, like in terms of like east and west, like they did that tour around Rainfest, and I think that was the only time they ever came out here. And then they did a couple things like I think a little more east coast touring, but. They were definitely one of those like flash in the pan type bands where they were like here and gone within like a year or but so. They were so good though. Like they had It was sick. Like they had that like kind of vibe like the first like 
early like higher power stuff, but mm-hmm. almost even better. I kind of feel like if not even that it sounds necessarily the same, but people that were, are into candy, I feel like would like this. Like, whoops. All right. Kind of like that same weird like pulling different influences and just like at the end of the day, like fairly straightforward heavy hardcore. Yeah. Uh, they were cool. Like, I remember I fucked my hand up that weekend and, like, watched most of the bands, but I remember, like, when they played, I was like, all right, I'm going to go up front and just, like, have fun, like, this band's... This is... I felt like they were one of the bands I'll probably never get to see again anyway, and they broke up not too long after that, I think. Next, next one was... It's weird It's weird to even think of this as a, as a forgotten band, I guess, because... Because I guess uh, I, uh, the radio station, which I'll mention probably a couple, couple of times that I, um, that I was a part of, like I felt like they they stayed they for a while they stayed stuck in the past. So like a lot of bands from like the late '90s were always still in rotation, and um, Nerve Agents was like was like one of them. They're sick. I. I remember getting into them before, like, I was aware of what, you know, hardcore was. And I was like, oh, it's like a cool punk band. Like, um, yeah, I guess I never considered them hardcore when I, like, first listened to them. And to be honest, the only, only one that I've listened to was, is the gas mask record. The one with the fucking green gas masks. That's the only one I've, like, really, like, fucked with. I had a, this, this street punk kid I went to high school with burnt me a copy of it. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like. I put I had it in my CD player in my car a lot. Um, on that thread, a lot of people from California were like big up in that, and for good reason. And then um, I think like that record, like it, I feel like that's an example of a band that captures exactly the era that they're aiming for, like a yep. hundred and hits it right on the nose. I can't speak to the later stuff, of course, because I didn't I didn't listen to it because I'm not gonna. I just decided i just didn't want to listen to anything past that um more to pride shut the fuck up you fucking pussy jack move to me this is a like this is like if i'm like this is the kind of hardcore that at this point in my life i would still like mosh to a lot um it's fast it's got good pit parts songs are short it's fun band is sick i know they've done a couple reunions i caught them um they played nature world or whatever yeah nature they played the nature world it didn't pop off that much um like some of the older like them and warriors played and it actually warriors popped off pretty hard towards the end of the set but like i think it they should have i honestly thought that more to pride should have been like on the day that like hate breed and the warriors played not the day like turnstile and um i guess turnstile fans I've I could see Turnstile fans liking it. I just don't. No, it was 2018, and I don't know if people would have been uh, appreciated. Shut the fuck up, you fucking pussy. This band's very 2006. 100, percent but I I fucking love it. Um, it's great. Fast, somewhat ignorant, Linwood Crew. Another band. Uh, this is what I would count as a dead air staple for a very long time. Um. <laughs> I feel like Northwest is very, very, very pro this band. It was kind of just cool to see like a small revival of people listening to bands like this of uh, 
thanks to uh mr big t tynan um who's in real and also um was in singled out um got a like got a lot of um younger kids hip to some like 2000s hardcore as well as like um as well as get people that were like a little dormant in hardcore like had their ears perked up just because like there was a few bands that were like kind of uh just bringing back some some uh older sounds so i thought that was i thought it was pretty cool like 2013 2014 wasn't was a kind of a fun little time um in seattle with that with that stuff going on but um like we played my pledge so many fucking times in the studio have we said the the band name yet oh fuck we haven't allegiance (laughs) allegiance baby fuck my bad um rivalry records um the first time i saw them there was a there is a flyer i remember my i checked out the show um but my metalcore friends laughed at it because there was allegiance and disallegiance on the same bill at the viaduct and they and they just laughed they just laughed they're like that's funny And then, so they were like, I remember they were, for like at the time they were definitely one of those bands I liked a lot more because they had a lot of fucking mosh parts and their songs were really fast and very pissed and very like they had a very like you're almost like you're down or fuck you type vibe to it and that definitely resonated with me when I was like 18 and I got an allegiance tattoo and out of all of like that era of stuff, I think this holds up way more than a lot of the other bands. And I, I don't ever see like anyone younger ever talking about this band. Excuse me. Still holds up today. Still can listen to it. Still can jam the fuck out of the record from records from front to back. Singers and plays bass in birth hold city. Now check them out too. They're good. Red handed. Have you ever heard this band? Nope. As a, this is a blank. This is, there's a blank spot on here. Uh, I played a show with them with my old band. They were cool. Um, they're on rivalry, like much more punk leaning than like hardcore. But they put out a couple records. It was fast. Um, I feel like it's a band that if I showed some of my friends that are more into punk, like oh, just check this band out. They would think it was cool, but it was very like, um, kind of like spiky punk, sleeveless shirt, like type hardcore, you know? Yeah, it's cool. Um, I haven't listened to it probably in like ten years, so I don't know if it would hold up anymore. But I remember thinking they were cool live. I don't even know if I like listened to the record more than a few times, but they were nice. I guess. Next band, hundred percent holds up. Oh yeah. Get the most, most, most. Um, loved, loved the production for the same reason I loved like a lot of like stuff like Mindset and other React records. Like it, everything came in like loud and clear, and and also crisp, but not like not, nothing compromising. Um, loved. I listened to them today, actually. What? I was listening to Get the Most earlier today. Um, love the um, Capo S Growl. Um, that we got go- that they have going on. Uh, Some of the coolest vocals, I think, for like hardcore. 
I think the only I think the only other band I don't want to hear another band do that growl. So just just keep it with that. Don't ever replicate. Um members went on to plenty of other shit. Um devotion. Keep, um keep it clear. Keep it clear. Cutting uh, through. Yep, cutting through. Um and actually the drummer played in a in some Macklemore tracks. Get that money. Like uh yeah, and I'm I I just that was a tidbit I just found out uh like looking at their um old Facebook that like he played on some of the like really popular um Macklemore tracks so fuck it that's, that's dope that's that's Northwest there but buddy um forfeit um nothing about this band's I really liked this band's like artwork but I never I no, nothing shit. ever stuck with me for this band it rocks. It's so good. Um, Tom Dom or whatever from Trail of Lies played bass, I think. Um, it was cool. I mean, they had kind of the, uh, we'll say like Life of Agony type vocal parts. Um, some, in some parts, yeah. More so on the um, the last record they put out. But I always really liked this band because it was super moshy, but like the kind of mosh that I lean more towards if you're getting, like, for just, like, heavy shit. And their first 7-inch has this one sing-along part, like, just of, like, when I hear it, I can immediately, like, imagine, like, what people would be doing, and it's very of that era of kind of, like, standing in place, like, almost, like, running in place, throwing your arms up, but then, like, windmilling at the same time singing along, you know? They are really cool. They were on Reaper... I don't think they ever came out. They may, maybe they did a West Coast thing. There's, I know they were supposed to play here once, and then they didn't. I guess, them. yeah. I just never, I never gave them the. I guess I know, just never really gave them a, a shot. Go listen to that EP. It fucking rips. Another band that fucking rips. Count the hours. Definitely, uh, I feel like very Northwest. Panic Records, right? Yeah, Panic Records. Yeah. Um, uh, I saw these guys when I they played one of the champion like weekend shows. Um, very, very, very amazing core. Oh yeah, like a hundred percent. Um, I think I mentioned it. Um, on Twitter, I hung out with one of the members. I um believe it might have even been the singer. He, I ran into, I ran into him at Western, and he um he had uh. Unfortunately, earlier, like later in like 2010, 20, he was diagnosed with cancer and then uh, started and then he turned it around and then started doing um, Christian rap. And he and he played the last um, the last Red Room show in 2013. So very interesting, like way that kind of that kind of turned. They had. At one point, when I saw them, they had, I think it was the last, they had Spencer from Trash Talk played bass. Yeah. I remember that stuck out because his, his backup vocals were super loud. I remember I played a show with Trash Talk the following year and brought that band up, and he was definitely not stoked on that. <laughs> he was just like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, but um, I loved that record. I um, weirdly have a tattoo for that band. Not even that they were a big band, but just, like, something about that record, like, lyrically sonically it was just like a very much time and place thing like i still i still like it i still listen to it but 
I think if you showed it to like an, a younger kid nowadays, it would be like super lost and like not appealing in the slightest. Yeah, I I would say not a lot of not a lot of Northwest kids talk about it. And when when I mentioned like um, when Anthony played the uh, that Red Room show, I mentioned the band um, Count the Hours, and nobody even bat an eye. Um, they have a there's some I don't know if it's on YouTube. There's one really cool video of them playing some one of the shows at the Legion Hall in West Seattle. That was a, a very of an era video, just in like how people are dressed and like going off. Um, next band, I never listened to the East Coast version, so you don't need to. Um, some people told me I should, and you shouldn't. I... <laughs> it's, not, it's not good. <laughs> I. I feel like I might get some East Coast hate. I don't know. I, the only thing I know about them was people that told me to listen to them and mentioned, and it was mentioned also in the that um, that PA uh, hardcore doc. Um, that's about it. Um, Barricade Northwest Barricade loved loved Northwest Barricade. Um, yeah. Got this got this record given to. There was like a some like panic records was like getting rid of some shit and they were doing that. They've done, they did it. They did it quite often every once in a while, like every, like so often they would, they would just start giving. I ran into Tim one time and he was like, take whatever you want, man. (laughs) It was, I think it was a sound fury. I was like, all right. I, I a hundred percent like, yeah, yeah, no, they, they would set up booths, here and there all the time giving away random shit mainly like just stuff that they that wasn't selling more like there's that weird window of when stuff will sell and once it's done it's kind of done yeah barricade was one of those and i was like what the fuck why aren't people buying this shit because this is so fucking good like it was like this is one of the best northwest hardcore releases that was it was stuck in my it was stuck in act legitimately stuck in my CD player for a long time until I in um until I wrecked the car and then I never um got it back. But I missed that CD more than I missed the car. I saw them play I think the same show Count the Hours played. And I was just like, God damn, this was sick because it was like a super, super short set and just like barely any stops and was just very angry and being 19 I was like yeah this is perfect literally the next three bands on the list I didn't even t- I didn't even I... I'll do quick I'll do quick bullet points risk taken they I got them off soul seek I don't remember what it sounds like <laughs> I think one of the dudes is in misery signals now um separation was ex-members of Set It Straight playing crusty, like, um, post-crust metal, kind of. Like, hardcore. I mean, on, it was sick. Um, they played here a couple times. Very atmospheric, very heavy. Um, if you're into, like, um, crust or metal, you would like it. It's cool. It's definitely weird. It's very, very, like, punk, lyrically, and, like, very like anti a lot of stuff. Um, Make move rocked. 
they actually played for the children this year. Um, definitely a regional thing. I know people in California like seemed really stoked on it, but um, they were definitely a band that I think I discovered via MySpace and just very heavy, very weird, almost, like weird, almost hip hop flavor to it. Kind of. It was cool though. I really liked it. They had um, a cool album cover. It was a bunch of purple shit on it. I uh, just like backing up on that. I loved. The fact that listening, just like re-listening to some of these music videos and stuff, or just like re- live sets of bands saying "check out our MySpace." That was a thing. It was it was dope. It was funny, and like I think some bands, um, some younger people checking out these bands that might that or bands p- bands that they actively listen to and check out the videos of it'll feel like weird for them to say like "check out my MySpace." Oh yeah, it was, a, it was a thing. Like it was weird. Um, so, Will to Live, another band that had like a, a flavor of heavy, like with that pure that like perseverance um, style sound. Um, but I never really got a, ro- a lot of replay for me. They, um, I was I used to be in a band with a kid from Houston, Texas, and he showed me them. And I think that's probably the only reason why I heard of them is because he was from Texas and they're from Texas. Because I didn't know a single other person that ever talked about that band, except for him. And they played This Is Hardcore a few years ago. set was fine, you know? Not that many people seemed into it, I guess. But I think they're sick. I know a few people that still talk about them, and they're only kids from Texas. Highly revered Northwest Hardcore. Stay gold. Stay gold. Um, still highly revered uh, locally. Sometimes, like I think we talked about it in a couple of bands, like like it fade, like talk would fade in and fade out. Sometimes, then uh, they played 2016, and I felt like it's still like kind of weird because no young kids wanted to would want to admit that they like a fucking um, melodic hardcore band. I everyone that Jake stayed with, it was like all my and him and I were like. That was one of the sets that, like, yeah, we're really excited for this. And every single one of them was like, yeah, I don't listen to them. I don't care. That was literally everyone but, um, I was, I went, I went with that year. Had, did not give two shits. That's that was sick. But clearly, like, I remember the only people that really cared were, like, we'll say older folk. I know Pat Flynn big ups them a lot. I've heard them talk, I've heard him talk about them, like, more recently. And um, I think Wally from Rotting Out brought them up on the, on a form of passion episode. So, I mean, it, I think some people still like them, but it's a hyper niche. Like there aren't like mosh parts. It's like very like sing along lyrically, like, like relevant type of a band. Very good lyrics too. That I think still hold up really well. What's what's after that band? I another band I just didn't didn't draw. I I actually yeah, yeah didn't do one, didn't do much for me. Love lights out. They were one of the first bands. Uh, around that time frame that really stuck out. Very, very, like, snotty vocals and um, heavy, fast. They had that one line, it's like, um, fucking poser, I don't owe you shit. And being, like, 18, I was like, yo, that's so fucking cool. Um, I caught their reunion when they played that No Warning show. The, like, the first, like, No Warning West Coast show back in, I think, 2015? 14? Something like that. Um, they were great. I really like this band a lot, but I, I for the most part, I've only seen people in California talk about them, and it's definitely of like a certain like age range. No, next two or another like were unknown to me. 
Harder the Fight, they were like, I think a Boston band. I saw them play Sound Fury in 07. I had never heard them until I saw them. I remember I was standing upstairs and like pleasantly caught my attention. Weirdly, they're on Spotify, which is cool. Still, um, I actually really like it. Still, like, definitely I don't think would appeal to younger kids, but I have a soft spot for some of the, like, nostalgia style of hardcore where it's, like, they play shows with, like, Half Heart and, like, bands like that and, like, Shipwreck. Um, I think they actually did a tour with them for that Sun Fury, but it's fast. It's got, like, chunky mosh parts. The vocals are a little bit weird. It kind of reminds me of really old This Is Hell. I can see that. They're, like, Um, also had, like, like I said with some other bands, like, that were, that were of the era a little, like, some of them had tinges of like a Southern twang in them. And I heard it like a, yep. a tinge of that in there as well. And somewhat did nothing for me. Bars. I actually listen to bars a lot still. I think I listen to them more now than I did when they were like a thing. Um, members, same singer as Hope Con. It was kind of like, they're more like rock and roll band. Like it still sounds like a hardcore band, but very heavy on like the rock and roll side. Like, more like you know, like Suicide File, is like rock and roll, rock and rolly. Yeah, kind of like that, but much more, much more rock. And like, the songs are a lot longer. It's still more hardcore sounding than like Devotion, but it's sick. Like it's fast. Still, um, I actually referenced them. I brought them up at band practice a few different times. Of like, yeah, we should try to rip a part like this off. That would be cool. Um. Big fan. I definitely don't think anyone gives a shit about this band outside of like probably like people from the area and or their friends. It's sick though. I highly recommend people check it out. I think it holds up really well. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna do this in two parts and do another one because we're already almost approaching this two hours. Yeah. With so we're gonna finish up the with this list and wait. Well. I don't want to start. We're gonna we'll finish off with the with the super melodic because it's such a short list. We can go through really quick, and I don't yeah. and I don't want to I don't want to start the next one with this because it would be such a weak spot to end it. So we'll end uh, the the regional stuff with uh so last lights aged fucking well. Haven't listened in a while but um mj it's, mj talks about this uh all oh, the time ad nauseum. ad nauseum i love it he'll like lyrically i think honestly way more relevant now than um a lot of the other bands from that era obviously like singer passed away i feel like they would have probably gotten a lot bigger yeah that was my that um, was basically yeah i think they would have like i think with the style of lyrics and just punchiness i think maybe have like i feel like bands like this who have really good powerful lyrical content they 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 probably have like one slow right slower record in their arsenal if they continued on but still like yeah cool shit I, not that they sound the same not i don't think they sound the same as touche more but it kind of reminds me of that. Because, like, Touche used to be way faster and had very punchy, like, standout vocals, very, like, real, like, thoughtful lyrics. Even the way the Last Lights record was recorded sounds really fucking good. Sounds big without sounding, like, overproduced. 
and it, like weirdly because I definitely think it's much more like punk leaning but at the same time like way more interesting than a lot of other bands but still like doesn't sound like a shitty recorded punk record I would also like, put, it sounds big I would also put this like n- un- like you said again I don't think this band sounds exactly like this but I would put almost last lights in the same um kind of arena as dangers that's what I was thinking literally at before I said touche black teeth ra- came came on my radar just because like oh I, I it sounded like um it sounded like cursed but it like had a fucking like it had a a weird um album cover that looked like more like a pop punk record it made it made no yep, fucking sense made no sense to me um wasn't bad um in any in any it just like kind of forgettable um what what else do we have oh one of my favorite fucking bands of all time um products of waste r.i.p terry um we taught you said they were a, insane you said a lot about something that, like with uh vocalists with like clarity um I think that's what that's what drew me it to it. It gets stuck in your head. Very snotty, real angry, like but not like fake angry lyrics. It was heavy but weirdly like not super heavy, you know? Yeah. Um I don't want to say hip hop ish, but like Oh yeah. It had a very like 100%. urban flavor. Very ur- urban flavor to it. Yeah, that's the um, that's a problem. I'm like I'm having a hard time like saying like uh, I feel so vanilla saying like urban or street style or something like that with with like how to identify yeah, music I mean, that's what, it was like i saw them once and it was really cool i remember before i had seen them i wasn't i had a i didn't know like they're a band i think like kids i knew on the east coast super hard and i only knew out of all my friends that liked hardcore that even like gave a shit about them yeah. but um he would always play them in like his car and stuff and then once i saw them i was like yeah, this is really sick. Like this, I I, I get it. And then um, kept listening to it. But then I'd even show it to my other friends that were in a more like amazing core or like kind of punk stuff. And they're just like, yeah, this is cool. This is a little too, uh, we'll say street. For them. <laughs> um, I never listened but, uh, to, to, to I never I never really listened to Terry's like rap stuff. And he had hip hop stuff. Yeah, I I gave it like such a passive listen that I don't remember even what it sounds like. Um, but I honestly, I think I listened to it. I was like, I'm still in favor of the hardcore. And he sounded so good on hardcore. Um, like, Yeah, I remember listening to his hip-hop stuff being like, I'm not mad at this, but I'm probably never going to listen to this again. To waste, please. People people should fucking check this shit out if you have it. I just, I, I absolutely just, I if can you tell like, you. If you're a young kid, if you're a young kid and you like Tsunami for them saying bitch, the listener product of waste. Wait, is that a thing? That's they did, they, they did it There's that one part where he's like, "I'd rather die like a man than live like a bitch" or whatever, and they went into like a um, two-step part after. Oh, I love that part, and it rocks. That was the first song I heard. No, no slate on tsunami. I just know that like that was the first hardcore song I remember where there's a very accented like bitch. Well, into like. A mosh part. I got turned on to this band by like a local pop punk kid who like who like honestly he said like Didn't Product of Waste like actually play like pop punk shows with like a loss for words and like fireworks and bands like that? I feel like they did. I think that's a hundred percent accurate. But, like, 
but like, but regionally, like, because all those dudes were into hardcore, yeah. and like, were hardcore kids and stuff, to where like, that was that weird time too. I remember the same year they played Sound Fury, where I saw them, fucking, uh, Make Doing Men, Man Overboard. Not that Daylight was a pop punk band, but like, a lot of those bands all played together. Daylight. Um, there were some other pop punk, uh, pop punk bands that played, so but I remember many. that was like one of the years where like there was that like big crossover well no it got to a weird part where i saw saw kids like crowd killing to story so far at a show which was nope. weird I and mean, i'm not gonna say i've ever moshed to like pop punk when i was younger but like looking back definitely embarrassed and like yeah i was young what are you gonna do ain't gonna do shit um uh, this is another band oh, fuck. so good what were you gonna never say did a damn thing for me this band never did a damn thing I, for I you? I didn't see the one. I think they were really, for listeners, this is Hour of the Wolf from Arizona. But Prescott, nah, Arizona. I mean, they had really cool artwork. I remember thinking they were really good at what they did, but it did nothing for me. That's probably one of the only bands that came through Boise where I just blatantly was like, yeah, I'm skipping the show. I'm not going to go. Yeah, it, I felt like you are the majority, and I am uh, not at this point because um, – I loved this fucking band. Um, I felt like it continued a a style of like of AFI that some AFI fans wanted, but had had a, a definitely like grimy. Yeah it it had it was I lo- I loved I loved this every step of the way. Um, the spit it spit it right back. That fucking song, spit it right back in your fucking face. I so fucking catchy. Never got to see this band. I remember my friends went to Sound and Fury in 2012, and I asked them to get me merch from the band. And apparently, like people asked around, and they just like were like, "Does Hour of the Wolf have any merch?" And they just and somebody just laughed. That was that was about. I was like, okay, <laughs> but um, that's the regional. We're gonna pop this back. We're going to finish this right up the, this first half, the whole, the band that started this whole thread, um, energy, um, extremely underrated. Um, I saw them one time with a bunch of pop punk bands. Don't remember. Don't remember who was all playing. Um, catchy. Uh, they, they played Idaho once. I didn't go for, there's a reason why I didn't go, but I wanted to go. But um, I used to be super into this band. I had a really cool sweatshirt of theirs. Um, this is the band that I saw a lot of people talking about. This thread was because of energy. It, this isn't something that I would I would even try to seek out listening to in 2020. But I can put on like their old records like for fun and be like, yeah, this is cool. Like I see why I liked this. I even at the time didn't really like bands that sounded like this a whole lot, but I liked them. But once they went like more AFI type leaning like it kind of was lost on me and I didn't know that they were even still a band but they are yeah which is pretty wild yeah they, uh, they have all their shit like updated on Spotify and that threw me off and I was just like everything like they have yeah they they messaged me I'm like yo man like um we're still like a band blah blah like here's um here's all of our new shit and I was like oh damn like I know you guys didn't immediately break up after the bridge nine thing but um I didn't realize that they were still putting stuff out. And um, I think that if you're into the story so far and stuff, check it out. I would say check out the old stuff first. 
maybe you'll be into it. Like, I feel like for a minute, this band was pretty fucking big. Like, they were on Bridge Nine. They toured a lot. Um, so I think it's kind of funny. Like, a lot, of, it seemed like a lot of people were, like, shitting on them online, which that's fine. But um, I'm not even saying that, like, it holds up, but I just think, like, I think that's, like, that was half the thing I wanted to start the thread with is, like, this band used to be huge, and now literally, I think they're the perfect example of a band that you don't see anyone in hardcore ever talk about, like, ever. Not even close. I think about them from time to time. I was like, yeah, like, I couldn't tell you the last time that, like, I listened to them, like, but when I think of forgotten, like, bands out of hardcore, I feel like they're one of the biggest ones because they were, like, pretty fucking big. And I think if I asked any young kid, oh, do you like energy? They'd be like, who the fuck is that? They And they um, started getting known, like, around, like, some of the other bands that you kind of mentioned. Like, they started, like, pulling into that field of, like, people who liked, like, you, like uh, members of uh, Four Years Strong, like, had energy shirts. And, yep. like, it it definitely dove into that field. There was some stuff that I did um, really like. There was some stuff. The stuff I I like, I really dug was um, one of the not the later later records, but somewhere in the middle where they like did uh, some stuff that kind of struck me as stuff that sounded like uh, ignite um, like meets alkaline trio, which is weird because I don't like dive into um, that band that. at all. Like, I don't care. I'm my ex girlfriend had an energy, like a half energy sleep. Whoa, that's wild. Like, like loved that band. And, like, so I mean, they were definitely a thing for a minute. And uh, then I think the first Soul Control record's like not melodic, like, like pop punk melodic, but it's like weirdly melodic in a weird way. It, yeah, it's strut. I think it kind of it sounds like if 108 was playing like melodic hardcore, it, is what it sounds like. A hundred percent. There was a lot of 108 vibes, but just didn't seem as competent in my mind. Like it just it was like 108 wasn't aggressive. Yeah, there, 108 yeah. with no with 108 with no bite. Um, yeah, like I, I want to say I saw them once and they were burning incense and shit while they were playing, which I thought was like kind of cool. But um, I mean, there was a minute where like I, I they had the 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 fucking T-shirt that had like Soul Control and like huge block letters all over the front. And like yellow shirts, like the yellow shirt era. Yeah. And I feel like they were huge. And then within a year, they got like they got signed. They were on 1917, and then they got picked up by Bridge Nine. And when they got on a Bridge Nine, it's like everyone kind of was like, "Yeah, I'm good." Like they got a new. They lost their singer and got a new singer. And I kind of feel like it was just too weird for like the modern hardcore like listener to like be into. I think one thing that struck me is and we when we saw this band, they were super vague when they were talking. They just said, if you know what this is, then you know what this is. And I was just like, I kind of yeah. laughed and I was just like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I, at the time I was like, I only somewhat know who you are by listening to music listening to a little bit of your music. So a good I example, don't know what this is. Here's like, okay. So I saw them in San the show. A lot of kids are moshing. A lot of kids are singing along. Like they had a good, like energy of like, Oh, this is like a band to check out. Saw them again in 2008. 
they played much later on one of the actual days, there's probably like 25, 30 people up front. You couldn't you couldn't stage dive. I mean, I'm sure people did, but um, it was just like such an underwhelming, like, oh man, like, I would have not thought that this was happening from the year prior to where, um, I don't, I mean, I've talked to them a few times, like, when they played here and stuff, and they were always really nice, but I kind of get a vibe, like, with what you're to of, like, not being, like, exclusionary, but at the same time, like, kind of reveling in the fact that, like, oh, you might not get this, and that's cool, and let's, like, keep it that, you know what I mean? Like when Bansu covers and it's like, oh, this is a cover, and if you don't know this, like, sucks for you type of a thing. I never liked that vibe. That vibe was always reminiscent of the time of of an exclusionary time of when I started, of just like, like that. It's a type of it's a type of mentality that's been kept to the message boards and to kept on Facebook these days, which is. Where I want it, so uh, hell yeah, I'm not into that shit anymore. Oh yeah, no, fuck that. Uh, I think it's funny and stuff. But the older I get, I'm like, yo, this is dumb. I don't need to be in on a heart on your fucking hardcore inside joke. Crime and stereo. Crime stereo. Aged, aged better Long than I expected. I didn't care about this band They're... when I was younger at all. Yeah, they were they were so good. Like it took me a minute to get into them. And then it clicked. Seeing them live made it click more. Reading the lyrics, being in college, I was like, yo, this is really good. Like, a lot of it resonated really well. Um, I kind of feel like it holds up a lot better because a, a lot of the lyrics, I think, fit pretty good, pretty well with, like, the current, like, political climate and whatnot. I think it's... I think it, I think it was written during the era. Um, yeah, I think most of them do if they if they were political because it holds up. Then they went, they went, like, more, like, brand new. Kind of, like, weirder with, like, Is Dead. That record rules i kind of like to compare it to a more modern band like kind of like when title fight put out um hyperview like that that's i think pretty comparable and i kind of those songs live like when they played here a few times during like is dead touring went over really great live they still seemed like a hardcore band like i mean they were a hardcore band but like live it wasn't weird um i remember they broke up and then they came back and i feel like their comeback shows, at least from the videos I saw, looked really underwhelming for, like, um, as big as they were at their peak. But I kind of feel like one reason why people don't, like, talk about them as much as I think they would have from when they were big was, like, do you remember that last record they put out, like, um, with the singer's face on the cover? Yeah. That record was weird as fuck. I never, ever fucking listened to it. I didn't. I, I liked one song on it, but I, I think this is a good example of a band that had an underwhelming last record and like took kind of the steam out of their engine, and they kind of just like faded off and then broke up. But um, that new band, like Koya, I think that's how you say their name, that are nods to them a lot, and I think that um, people seem really that that EP they just put out or demo or whatever is awesome. But I feel like them nodding to Crime and Stereo I think might get some young kids to check it out. And I think that this is a band that holds up a lot better than other bands. I agree. Um, so, and like I said, totally didn't care about them much. Um, and I've given them little listens here and there. And every time I listen to like, like tr- uh, troubled state side and stuff, like I, I listen to it more and more. I'm like, okay, I'm, I definitely can, can get behind this. Dude, that first song and the last song on that record, 
top tier songs like, in general, like not even just like hardcore songs, but so let's hit the net. set your goals. I'm just, I'm just thinking of the fucking, the Goonies song when I'm thinking of uh, this band. Uh, I think I that, that played that in the car yesterday. Corny got really fucking I was like, big. Um, oh, they were fucking huge. Like this is another band where I think, not that their other records were underwhelming, but like we'll, we'll break it down. Okay, so they start out as a hardcore band. They're playing shows with like animosity, and like hoods and like shit like that, like all over the place. They put out that record on Eulogy. They get even bigger. Um, all the kids in a hardcore that like newfound glory and shit, you know, and like movie life, are like, yo, this is really cool. Um, they keep getting bigger, so they kind of grow out of the hardcore scene and start playing to like. The pop punk scene. And like Four Years Strong and all that stuff we were talking about earlier is like getting really big. They played here, I don't know how many, they played here so many times. But I feel like when they kind of crossed over to like beyond that, like, oh, we're going to try to be like a bigger band, you know? Kind of feel like it just kind of fizzled out for people. Uh, Yeah, they... It was weird hearing one of their songs play in Jersey Shore. Like I was like, "What the fuck?" Exactly. They had like they had Haley from Paramore on that one song, where she's like, "Let me get on this or whatever." Um. Uh, the one song that got them. I feel like, like they played them in Jersey. Yes. The one song about like getting my smoothie on dog was like that song was absolutely fucking yep. everywhere. That song was their like was their pop hit. Yeah, they're just like I remember they broke up and then they came back. I feel like I could be wrong. Could like could be out of my like purview, but I feel like no one cared. When they came back? No, not really. Um, um, I think if they did a tour where it's like, oh, we're going to play Mutiny front to back, I and don't. we're going to play with like hardcore bands, I think a lot of people would go kind of like one of like, weirdly, a lot of those like nostalgia tours sometimes do really well. I mean, look at Furnace Fest. Oh, yeah. Different crowd, but at the same time, that's purely a nostalgia fucking fest. Um, but we played we played Goonies in the car yesterday, and like that's a band that like my girlfriend like is familiar with, and like we were listening. I was like, why the fuck did I mosh to this so hard? Like this, no. But at the time, kids would go off. The only thing out of this that I can still listen to and enjoy is the demo and like reset. I can listen to that and still be into it, but everything after, everything else after that just seems too corny at this point. Yeah, um, I would go. I'd go to that tour, but uh, yeah, Sega Goals was a uh, a point in time. Um, I think that they did get out at a good time to where most of their like some of their discography was all right in my book because they got out right before everything in pop punk. Like things were already pretty corny, but it's it got even worse in that last de- in the last decade. So 
they probably clocked out at a good time. Um, another Northwest revered so- uh, band shook. Yeah, ones. two left. Shook ones. Uh, I personally just like a lot of people love this band. I don't. I could. I never. There were songs here and there that were like, all right, this is really catchy, but I could never just dive into a full discography of this band. I. So I really liked this band. I 100% agree with you. Um, I think. I mean, vocally, it's very like Kid Dynamite, you know? Um, the one thing, so the big difference between them and Kid Dynamite is I feel like Kid Dynamite songs were way shorter. So it was a much easier listen to front to back. Shook One songs were longer, had a little more going on. I never would listen to a full record, but with every record, there was usually a few songs that really stuck out as like, I hate to say bangers, but songs that stuck out where I was like, yo, this rocks. Let me throw this on a playlist or on like a mix or whatever. I stand by that now. That new record they just put out had a few really good songs on it, but I definitely think they're a band that is really hard to listen to on a full album cycle. I think their Bellingham side really shows when they, when their songs go too long. That's too much of a deep cut for me to get, but I think I get it. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I definitely think it's a very niche thing. Like I think you go see some like younger kids big up like Lifetime or Kid Dynamite, but those are like big, like big name band, like big name bands. And I feel like to a certain point, people like to nod to like the classics and kind of leave it at that. But um, I remember when they, I saw them a few times where like they had big reactions, like Sound Fury and shit. But then when they did that Rainfest show, I kind of felt like not that many people cared. No, they also played with Title Fight, um, back in like fifteen. Um, and I remember that it was all right. Um, some people, there were some people who really fucking liked it. Um, I just me and I almost traveled for that. I I think Jake and I almost went to that. I know they did some of those Rev shows out on the East Coast. I mean, yeah, it's like their first couple records popped real big. And then I kind of feel like that one record, the third one, the third LP, kind of fizzled out a little bit, and then they like broke up or whatever, came back. That I think they're just at this point like a very a hyper niche thing that some people love. But I I think if you showed a younger kid this, I wouldn't expect them to care or like find any like value in it. All right, so we're gonna finish it off with like a last one that was that I honestly felt an, an underwhelming one for me um ambitions uh listened to it very briefly um didn't dive into it uh reminds like reminds me of stuff like a veil and gray area and that's about where it lies where it where it laid where that's about where it is for me <laughs> i don't ever like I don't try to use like liked because even if something isn't really for me anymore, I'm not like, I'll still say that I like it because it has a time and place and served a purpose, you know? And unless the band got outright shitty or like whack, but I like ambitions. Um, it's not anything like, I think I listened to it like a year or two ago and I was like, this is cool. Like I'm probably never going to listen to this again. But I wasn't mad at it, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't really need this at this point in my life. Like, this isn't something I'm trying to listen to. I think for regionally, I, f- 
it seemed like they were really big. Like, they got on Bridge Nine. Like, and I feel like at that point in Bridge Nine, it was like you've been a band for a minute and, like, done well on, like, smaller labels for them to, like, pick you up. They were cool. I know that's another band I saw kind of, like, energy people kind of being like, yo, like, who gives a shit about energy in 2020? And I'm kind of like, yeah, I wasn't saying, like, this thread isn't, like, these bands are, like, all bands that, like, I'm co-signing, being like, oh, these are sick. Like, everyone should listen to this stuff now. But, I mean, it, there was a point where I used to see so many fucking people wearing, like, ener- or Ambition sweatshirts, and um, they were pretty big, and um, I definitely think this is a time and place type of a band. Like, definitely reminds me of Avail, but, like, Avail's, like, one of the big, you know what I mean? Like, people still, like, ride for Avail, and, like, they're a very influential, like, key band for, like, that sound. Have you ever listen to that band Lift. Go to uh, obviously not right now, but on that playlist that joined the pack playlist that I have, they're on it and they were on the first underdogs comp or the oh, second okay. sorry, second underdogs comp. Okay, I've listened Someone, to it, but I haven't I've I'm familiar with it, but I have not listened to it, I don't think. Someone from Ambition and Lift. Okay. Lift is sick, it sounds kind of like Snapcake, but like more aggressive and faster. But check them out. They're sick. Big fan. Most of this pop punk shit kind of doesn't really age that well, but Crime and Stereo sure as fuck does. Yeah, and like I would see a Set Your Goals show for fun. It, I'm I'm not afraid of fun and nostalgia, but we have more, but we're not going to get to it yet because we've reached like over a two hour mark, and I'll probably edit a little bit of this too. So uh, we'll have a part two. We'll post this first. Um, questions, comments, concerns to those places I said before. Deadairnwcz at gmail.com. Um, Facebook.com slash deadairhardcoreradio. Uh, and deadairnwcz on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we also have a website. Uh, deadairhardcoreradio. Uh, yeah, deadairhardcoreradio.com. And then, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, connect you to all our podcasts and all the cool shit. Um, we will be, we will definitely be back Devin to, for round two of this. Hell yeah. Like I'm not going anywhere. I can't. So. <laughs>